Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production brought to you by Bar Down Lacrosse. That's right. You heard it here last episode. We're going to tell you again, Bar Down is coming out with some Picking Corners merch. Be on the lookout. Our store will be on there next to the OJLL, next to the NLL, right next to all the great uh, sports programs and leagues that they're currently promoting on there, doing merch for um, and this is definitely a big push for us. So we definitely want to see you go on there, support us, support Bar Down. You can go to bardownlax.com, go bardownlax.com and check us out soon. Um, and a lot of the stuff is pretty cool, Garrett. I know you've seen some of it. What's your first, uh, you know, kind of impression after seeing the new merch that we got in the world? I actually, I mean, really excited for it. The jerseys look cool. The hats are cool. I think I'm going to try to get a jersey um, myself just because why, why, why not? They look pretty sick. <laughs> Um, hats are a little bit hard with all this hair, so we're going to stick with the jerseys for a second until I decide to, you know, just cut it all off. Um, do you see yourself rocking a jersey DJing in the club or what? I got to see what the dress code is, but I don't see why not. They should, <laughs> they should, they should be all right for the sports weekend. Absolutely. They got a strict dress club uh, or dress code at the uh, Blind Barber or what? No, they're pretty loose. So I think Blind Barber would be cool that some of the other places will be like, can you wear something else? But we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see you rocking pretty much anything. So we'll definitely get you some of this merch when uh, we get our hands on it. Um, as soon as it goes live on the website, we'll let you guys know. But in the meantime, definitely support other um, organizations like the Crossing Barriers is on there. Uh, like I said, gear up for the NLL season, things like that. Um, Bar Down Lacrosse is going to be a one-stop shop for you coming up here soon. Without further ado, we have our guest on the show today, uh, part of the Maine Northmen Great guy. Super fun conversation coming up. We've got Kyle Baker. Kyle, thank you for joining us, man. Really appreciate uh, the time and excited to, you know, get into that brain and kind of dig a little bit deeper into what you guys have going on there. How are you doing, bro? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Fired up. Fantastic. Um, in terms of things that we kind of want to just talk about off the bat, I know that um, we mentioned a little pre-show, Garrett, some of the things that um, have been seen in the media in terms of lacrosse, right? Obviously, Olympics, we've talked about that. But a lot of um, big pushes in terms of just, like, good publicity. Um, people like LeBron bringing up lacrosse and, you know, having that on his social media channels. Uh, the Kelsey brothers recently talking about it on their show, right? I feel like I've seen a lot more um, lacrosse talk in – and I don't want to necessarily say like media in general, because, you know, there's been channels around for a while that have been covering lacrosse, but more so like pop culture. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Um, what What's your opinion? You know, is it is it positive? Do you like where it's going? I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, all news is good news. But I mean, most mentions, especially in a good light, are always good. So wherever it can be, you know, either just brought to the forefront even for a little bit or just mentioned by someone with a bigger stage dope do it um it doesn't hurt and when it starts to get a little gimmicky you know when it's like oh you know i played but i you didn't really play you played for like one year or whatever it can be um it's still just a fun time so i'm glad that it's a thing of yeah people are on people are talking about it and they're talking about it like i said in pop culture it's becoming more of a thing it's not like oh i just tweeted something out you're going on record saying it on video on your own shows the kelsey brothers uh the Le LeBron in an interview that's pretty cool so i like it 
Yeah, Kyle, I'm curious. I, you know, I assume that you're definitely a grow the game kind of guy, especially, you know, running your own team and, and uh, trying to grow the sport out by where you're at. Do you see that as, as definitely a positive, um, just in general, having lacrosse be more on the forefront now and kind of joining potentially these other sports that have always had a large grab uh, of the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, at the end of the day, like any exposure is huge, you know, and and I I'm significantly older than a lot of people, you know, I play with and and peers that I'm around the game with right now. So I've I've been able to witness so much of this growth, especially like states like Maine, for example, states like Texas, Alabama, Florida, you know, where they're not hotbed states, but programs are popping up. High school teams are, are you know, like exploding and all exposure leads to that. You know, you hear one thing, you hear a soundbite online, you see a video on the TV, you know, the sport is out there and it's only going to keep going up, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And I, and I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Now they will always say that any publicity is good for publicity, right? So I'd rather have lacrosse being talked about in general. Um, and it's good to obviously see that these celebrities are joking about it and, you know, kind of like making fun of the stereotypes every once in a while. But I feel like the last kind of year we've really seen, um, actual support, right? Instead of them just saying like, oh, lax bro this or lax bro that, right? It's like an actual sport where you're seeing guys come to the PLL games and being on the sidelines, right? Like guys like LeBron, the right. brothers, Pat McAfee, right? They're all talking about lacrosse in a positive light and, and you know, interviewing like the Kavanaugh brothers, right? Like that's super sick and it's great for the sport. Um, you mentioned, you know, Maine not being a traditional hotbed. And I want to kind of touch on that before we move on. Because to me, you know, being from the Midwest, you've always heard like East Coast is obviously, you know, known for lacrosse. That's that's definitely right. where it grew and got big. And, and you know, we definitely owe it to that region, um, bringing it to the forefront to where it is now. Right. But tell mm -hmm. me about how, um, you know, Maine kind of fares against that. And then, you know, how we were able to to start growing that and what your experience has been like. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes way back, like. You know, it was really big in the Ivy Leagues and the prep schools, you know, on the East Coast. And that's where the game started getting bigger in the hotbeds. But states like Maine were far enough north where we were kind of out of the Boston mix, out of the New York mix, Long Island mix. So the sport really was brand new. You know, I, I graduated high school in 2006. And at that point, there were a, a handful of strong programs, but they were all based from coaches who had that old East Coast experience that had ended up in Maine or gone to a prep school or gone played NESCAC or something, you know? So that's where like the first programs really blew up. And I was lucky enough, you know, in high school, I went to Kenny Bunk high school and my head coach was Charlie Birch who started the Cape Elizabeth program. Who's still a powerhouse um, started the Kenny Bunk program. And he's actually the stepfather of Nick and Pat Myers, the head coaches of OSU and Lafayette. So Sweet. like the, the lacrosse community is so, so small, you know, the older I get, the more connections I make. And it's, it's crazy how it all comes together full circle, but you know, Maine, Maine is, is blossoming. There's probably twice the high school teams in the state than there were, you know, when I was in school. So it's, uh, it's starting to blossom. I, I still don't think the top dogs would compete with the top dogs from mass or New York yet, but you know, we're starting to get kids to D1 schools, a lot of D3 ballers leaving the state now. So that was a rare occasion when I was in school. So it's cool to see that. It's something that I think about a lot, honestly, definitely as a late is like, I never want to be one of those people that's like, oh man, it was like so much different when I was growing up. Right. But 
I mean, it really, it really has come a long way, even, you know, playing 10 years ago um, and, and seeing where the sport is now. And I can only imagine with the way the, the sport is moving that there's going to be so many more opportunities. So many more states are going to have really good powerhouse teams that come out of them, you know, potentially playing other national teams and, and just having a very, very competitive country in general. Um, and it's cool to hear that a state like Maine, uh, amongst a lot of other states, are you know taking the right steps to get there. Um, yeah, I mean, it starts it starts yeah. with coaching in states like in states like Maine and and other non traditional states. You know, players like myself who may go play college somewhere else and end up back settling in the state. Like, it's on us to to continue to grow the game. Like, I'm a head high school coach now. I'll be in my fourth year this year nice. at Noble High School, and you know they just. They were great kids, great athletes, but didn't have a experienced lacrosse guy before I came in. You know what I mean? So it it really makes a difference for those guys who know the game to give back and and coach the young guys. You know? Yeah, I think Garrett and I can attest to that as well. Also coaching in the Chicago public school system, you know the the big name teams, um, especially at the high school level level here, are all private schools or really big public schools in the suburbs. Whereas you yep. know you have have the public school system in Chicago and they're just lucky to even have a program. Right. So it it really does come down to, there are a few good competitive schools within Chicago, but a lot of the rest of the schools are just trying to get someone who's willing to coach. And at that point, it's like, you'd rather see the the sport grow of course, and, and, and get kids the opportunity to just have sticks in their hands. But where do we then give the support and the resources so that they can learn it the right way and, you know, potentially have the same opportunities as kids who are going to the private schools out in the suburbs, right? I don't think it'll ever be equal. I don't want to be naive by any means, but there definitely are are ways you can improve it. And uh, we actually just had a meeting about this uh, yesterday, um, trying to start some sort of coalition between um, the Chicago public school system. So I just relate that to, to what you have going on. And, and that sentiment is like, you want to get the right people in there who know what they're doing so that they can put the the good foundation in place. And, you know, you can trust it after you leave it in 10, 15 years from now, you know? Exactly. And that's what keeps kids in the game. You know, if kids aren't taught the right way or taught by a guy who doesn't have the passion for it or never played it, it's tough, you know, maybe a couple of years down the road, lax isn't their thing, you know? So that yeah. it's definitely important. Absolutely. All right, Garrett. I'm going to come back to you here. I want to talk a little bit about NLL before we kind of jump into what well, yeah, and then the interview portion. Here. The NLL, I mean, I saw a couple of moves that are kind of that I mean, I'll say interesting. Um Buffalo signed uh, Chase Frazier to the one year and to Dahoga Nanticoke to another two year or two a two year. So it seems like they're really uh Honestly, I don't know how many moves they made, like training away, but they're bringing back some of their powerhouse guys to go on another run. So we'll definitely love to see that. Um, Latrell is finally back on the active roster. So I know you're <laughs> not hurt anymore. So answer to your DMs. <laughs> get back to a buddy here. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see like some of these other guys are going to get drafted and going to play. That's going to be uh, a really interesting one because we started to see a lot of people that traditionally didn't. Or um, I don't say didn't play box across before, but maybe their box across experience isn't so huge when like the team USA went to um, what was that? Uh, Lax and I. It wasn't like you saw an entire team and went, oh, everybody knows this person. Everybody knows this person. It was like mm, these are some people we haven't heard of from before. Um, like myself, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, oh, what's going on here? This is a little interesting. 
Um, which actually that brings up another thing. I wanted to ask you, you know, we're gonna get your interview, but specifically for Nalax Night, what was it? Did you guys yeah. ever play? Did you play the Northmen as with the US? I I coached the Northmen while we were there and I played for USA Blue. Okay, so now what, what was that like? So it's like you knowing the kind of like how, how the team is working. Well, we we didn't play against each other. No, not okay. in the, not in the tournament. No, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> so you were so pretty busy. I, I would have fucked up the Northmen if if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to keep them. You know, put them in their place. Keep so. them in line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep them on. Hey, I'm so, coach, buddy. No, I can still move around. I can still do this. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we brought that up because later I'm going to ask you about. I got to ask you about that fight later. Um, I I think. That was USA White. That was USA White. Yeah, but yeah. I was I was there watching the whole thing. Yeah, unreal. Um, so we'll we'll <laughs> Put get a to damper that. on things. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that later. But Garrett, with yep. the NLL transactions, I know we talked about um, last week um, that documentary that Buffalo put out about yes. winning the championship. Mm-hmm. I actually, in between periods for the Blackhawks, um, I was watching that as well and honestly it's it's really well done um, yeah some of the better content i've seen uh just chronicling you know a lacrosse team um and i almost like feel bad saying just a lacrosse team because they're not they're they're champions right like they you know play it perform at the highest level and they should be held um or at least respected that way uh but you know it's i feel like lacrosse is always trying to catch up to everything else um, in terms of where other sports are at, we obviously just don't have the same funds as, you know, the NFL, NHL, uh, just and those sports in general, right? I'm not even talking professionally, but just in general, those sports obviously have a bigger following. Uh, but it was really cool to see that they put the effort into Chronicle, that whole series with the Mammoth, um, and they did a really good job. So I'd recommend watching it. I think it's it's called A Banner for Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, and it's just on YouTube. It's totally free. So. And then The Rock do a... Uh... I think this is like unplugged. Their unplugged series is is like really good, also. And I know like the the, the Toronto Rock organization, they kind of like their own little ecosystem. Um, but still, if that's their own media, that's still really really good. Like they don't drop it like oh like week after week after week. It's there. It's spaced out a little bit, but it covers some cool moments that you really wouldn't have seen before. Some locker room stuff, some practice stuff, some players, just personal stuff. Um, but that series alone is like that's really good. And I'm pretty sure I don't speak like I almost kind of don't know the ins and out of it, but it seems like they're doing it themselves. So if they're able to do it themselves, that's kind of like setting a bar for me for the other teams. They're doing it themselves. Like let's let's figure out how to get some something like that to do it. You know, maybe you know every team isn't the Toronto Rock or the Buffalo Bandits, um, but you can, there's there's a story everywhere. There's a story to be made, a story to be told. So absolutely, how do we best tell that story? to the world who people may not know what this team is. Yeah. I'd like to ask Kyle, what do you guys do for your own content? Cause I know, you know, with uh, semi pro teams, the level of just social media presence and kind of content varies drastically, right? Like there's some teams that like just have a Facebook page with a hundred likes. And then there's teams that, you know, like right. the Westminster, uh, Westminster wild have a really good like social media. Yeah, they do it. Um, they do a great um, job. So, you know, theirs. how, do, how do you kind of navigate that process leading up to the season? And then, you know, what is your goal 
obviously playing and performing on the field, but you want to have some sort of presence off the field as well. Right, right. Um, honestly, it's I, I went to school for marketing and, and worked in social media out of college a bit. Um, actually, an old lacrosse equipment manufacturer startup. You remember Jewel Lacrosse, the round shafts? Yeah. I think so, so I was the mar- I, mean, I was the marketing good. director for Jewel. They were absorbed by Wolf Athletics eventually. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> yeah, so so I worked in marketing with them and I did a lot of social media stuff. So when I launched the team, it kind of just came natural to do it on my own and um as far as the content stuff goes, like the the nice pictures and the video and stuff, I'll usually ha- have a media person throughout the summer that is just hired game by game or you know bring in different people, whoever I can get you know, for the best cost, because everything, you know, is tight, um, I'll get and then if they want to edit, and that's part of it, then then we'll do that. Or if I need to edit, I'll do that aspect as well. So kind of just go with the flow and see what I can afford to make happen and do the best we can with a shoestring budget, you know? Yeah, I looked it up. And I uh, the J O U L E jewel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I remember seeing it actually spelled out. I'm like, yo, I've definitely seen that before. That's that's cool that you and but I think it it kind of um, you know talks to the fact that like it's re- it's not anything that you kind of um, outsource right or like that you go outside right. the house for. You kind of have to lean on the guys that are part of the team, a part of the organization, to be like, all right, who has camera experience who can like point right. their phone at something and like take a video and post it on Instagram. Right. So mm-hmm. it really is a lot of self accountability. Um, but I think the reward is worth it. Um, you know, putting the work in and obviously you want to make sure that you're, you're creating a name for yourself and you guys have done that and more. So I, uh, you know, I think definitely. Are- and that aspect's honestly like, it's, it's fun for me. It doesn't, it's not like a task that's a hassle or something that, you know, I wish I got paid for. It's just like, if I have some free time on my phone, I'll, I'll mess around with it and put some stuff out there. So it's not like an added stressor that I need to worry about, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. That's everything I had for kind of our first part, Garrett. Do you want to go ahead and jump right into our interview here? With yeah. You? Love it. All right, everyone. Today we have the man with the plan. He is the GM and the owner of the Maine Northman. If you don't know who they are, definitely check them out. Uh, they're a really, really, really good box team. Um, their guys are solid. Their game playing is solid. Um, and just watching them play is fun. I'll tell you that. It's it's fun to watch. We saw them at the uh, NABLO championships this past uh, this past year. No, no not this were, past year. No, it was, um, oh, my God, it was the year before. In Columbus, yeah. That's right. This year was the first play. year we weren't now, at Nationals. Did you guys win that one, or was it – no, we lost in IBLA. the final to Westminster. Okay. Now we, we won the IBLA championship in California in 2019. Right. And that was the now I looked up, I tried to do some research on it. 2019 was the first year you guys were a team. Yeah. And that was also your first win. Yeah, we didn't lose a game that year. That's really impressive. <laughs> like that alone right there should tell you how serious these guys are. So right, but but you know. I also have to add that the league wasn't wasn't where it is now, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and we really didn't see solid competitive games until nationals and really in in our best game of the year was the national final against okay. the uh Louisville Canards and you know that was a blast but other than that we were kind of rolling teams. Okay. So Mine's I I prefer really- it to be much more competitive, you know. I'd, right, I'd rather I get that. It. 
Well, we got some interesting topics now because this is obviously a very knowledgeable person. Kyle, the Baker's man, Baker is here to talk to us about one Northland lacrosse, but also um, just the league and starting a team. Period. Like that's not a small feat. Um, being a team from what the from Maine that is like I said, you haven't seen really good competition, but but we have we have at this point. But in the beginning, it was it was mm-hmm. a lot different. Right. So that my, that question right there is um, that growth from starting to now. What has that um, looked like for for the Northmen, competition wise, your own the own team wise? What does that growth look like, and how has that been? Um, what's that journey been like? So uh, I guess I'll start with like launching the team. You know, I I played senior B ball up in the uh, Quebec Senior League and Three Nations League for the Vermont Voyagers for mm-hmm. for six summers. And that's when I fell in love with the box game. That's when I got my, you know, my best learning years. And uh, once they closed up shop in 2016, you know, there really wasn't much around. And I wasn't going to be traveling from Maine over to the Can-Am or, or Ontario, you know, in the summertime. I was uh, l- mid to late 20s at this point. It was, just wasn't feasible. So when the IBLA was happening, I uh, the first year in New England, 2018, I played on a team called the Mill City Hitmen, played a couple games with them was pumped to be back in the box, but to be honest, was kind of just disgusted with the lacrosse itself. Um, handful of good guys in the mix, but in general, it was it, it could have been done a lot better, and I wanted to do it a lot better. So uh, the end of the 2018 IBLA season, I hit up the guy who ran the IBLA and asked if I could launch a team and, and make it happen for 2019. So that's what I planned on doing. And essentially, my whole first group was either guys I had played with or known through through the box game up north or in the Boston League or whatever. I always, I played like seven years in the Boston League as well. Um, so we were actually like an older age group, like Canadian box lacrosse experience team at that point. And the couple guys filling the roster that weren't were still like high level lacrosse players. So we were really stacked year one. And, uh, and you know, honestly, that was probably our best Northman team we've had since we've been around. But that comes with the fact that I was all in on recruiting, you know, the experienced guys to put the best product on the floor for year one. Cause I know how important that is for growth, you know? So um, since then, as guys have aged out and guys, you know, are too busy fathers, husbands, so on and so forth. It's been the opportunity for us over the last few years to bring in the co- local college guys, you know, the younger guys to really develop their box game from the get go as opposed to bringing in guys who had played the box game before. So now the last probably two, three years, we have a solid mix of guys like myself, older guys with, with like Canadian box experience, but also guys who have been with us for two or three summers who are getting box reps and are learning from, from us older guys and, you know, building their box game, you know, in general. So the competition around the league, everyone's getting better. Most teams have a couple, you know, guys with real, real good box experience um, and then fill the roster with high level lacrosse players, you know, from the areas. But we have kind of leveled down a little bit, given our younger guys and our box experience and other teams have leveled up. But we're, you know, the way we do things is still still elite, in my opinion. So we're uh, we're still competing for a championship every year, but it makes it a lot more interesting and a lot more fun, in my opinion, to be at a competitive level with multiple teams in the league, you know. Are you are you excited 
or like content with the growth you're seeing now, now it being more competitive? Is it kind of what you expected? Is it growing faster than you thought? Um, I mean, the growth, the growth has been pretty steady, you know, since day one, especially in Maine, we're getting, we're starting to get more and more supporters. All the field guys in the area know about us now. The high school kids are interested. Um, I'm going to be running some winter stuff for high school age kids this year to get, get them in the mix more. Um, so the growth has, has pretty much been, been steady, but like, you know, this summer we moved from the big cross insurance arena back down to our original arena, Biddeford. And, you know, we had over 500 people at our, as a, at our season opener and the place That's was so mobbed sick. and it was, it was like the coolest experience, you know, for these young guys who haven't played in front of that before, you know? So, um, the, the growth has been good and we're only going to get better talent wise, especially, you know, not, not doing what we wanted to do this year has, it still is burning inside me and I have plans for this off season to really load up and, and, you know, change things a little bit behind the scenes as far as our roster goes, but, but to be at our most competitive leading into next year. What does, what does that look like uh, for you when you say like things you want to load up on things you want to change? I know we don't want to, you don't want to give Ray the secret sauce or too many things behind the scenes, um, but what are some things you're looking for to add and then change also as a team is concerned? So on, one big thing is just recruiting. You know, I, I've, I won't, I won't say I got lazy, but in the last couple of years, we've had so many guys reaching out interested to play and high level field guys who are local and ready to play. So I haven't had to make that extra effort to really, you know, reach out to this guy or this guy, you know, that I want to play because when I got 35 to 40 guys ready and ready to be there every week for practice and, and ready to go, I'm, I'm a type of coach or GM that respects commitment. And, you know, I'm not going to sign a guy, try and get him in for two games and and then, you know, stack up for playoffs. You know, some teams will do that, but I want guys who can be there. I want guys who want to be in the mix. And if it's a D3 guy who may not be the baller that some other guy is that can only make a third of the season, then those are the guys I like to pay back with floor time, you know, but stuff like that will be eased off a little bit. I think once we get towards playoffs moving forward, because we want to be the most competitive team there is. And I can't be Mr. Nice guy at all times. I have to, you know, be the coach who wants to take the ship. So some decisions got to be made. And if a grown man playing for us doesn't understand that or respect that, then they can deal with it. But, you know, that just little tweaks like that, little stuff at practice, you know, dialing things in a little bit more, you know, as the season goes on, typically gets a little lackadaisical. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to harp on things a little bit harder and lock things down a little bit more. And, and so the guys are hungry to, to win every game. Good. I mean, that sounds like a good, um, a really good game plan for like your season moving forward. Uh, and it's good that you're thinking about it. And it's good to hear you thinking about it beforehand, not like, Oh, maybe season's around the corner. I start doing this now and kind of scrambling that you have a plan that to really work this. So it's really good right. to hear because it means the team's in a good direction, to be honest. That's good to hear. Yeah, now, I'd like to like to kind of harp on the fact too that you said it is totally different going from, you know, coaching, mm-hmm. you know, high school guys, coaching even college guys to like coaching grown men that make their own decisions, right? Like that's exactly. one thing that a lot of people don't have insight into. And that, you know, we we talk about in our own front office for the Porter jerseys, like it's it's a totally different thing, you know, 
trying to hold people accountable because you also don't want to be an asshole. You, you, you want people to continue to come back and to value the, the relationship that you have and the relationship they have with the program. So, you know, how is it navigating those, you know, situations and, and trying to make those tough decisions? It's, it's definitely tough, you know, cause, cause you do build a relationship, especially when I'm playing too, you know what I mean? Like when you're right. on the floor and you're a teammate and you're building a friendship type of relationship with a teammate, but then also have to be in the locker room talking, talking as a coach to them and what they fucked up and this and that. Right. And then also having to add the GM aspect where I'm chasing money and trying to get your, your schedule figured out what you can make. And there's so many layers of it that a lot of guys don't understand. So I think, you know, I could do a little bit better. Sometimes I, I, I let them overlap a little bit and frustrations carry out in different ways. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's the situation it is right now. I'm looking to hire a coach eventually to step back from that aspect. Um, but, you know, I want guys who, who want to be there. And at the end of the day, that that's what I'm all about. You know, at, as a grown men, it's tough. I understand schedules and everything, but if you're communicative and, and we, you know, work things out together one-on-one, then, then that, that's what it's all about. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's cool to have this conversation because I don't think it gets talked about enough. Um, just, just how kind of interesting it is trying to put together a team of, you know, 25 guys who all are being pulled in different directions, right? Like we're not mm-hmm. all going to class during the day and then getting getting out and having a game or, you know, having practice or whatever, like everyone works at different times. Everyone, you know, some people coach, some people have kids, like you mentioned earlier, right? So right. it really is give and take and approaching each situation differently. And it sounds like you definitely have a good grasp on it. Um, before we get you out of here, I would like to talk about your experience with Team USA. Um, I think that that is, is really cool. Um, and not something I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys heard the news either, but I just signed my first NLL contract too. No way, dude! What were you just gonna let us go for twenty minutes and not talk about? Well, it? you guys are the box the cross channel. I thought you were up on your news. Wow. This is on Garrett. I was in New Orleans over the weekend for a bachelor party. My brain is Swiss cheese. So no, yeah. So I actually I, I missed the wire to, on that one. I'm sorry. I went down to the Wings development camp. And, nice. I was um, just gonna ask. Yeah. Yeah, and I got signed to the wings. So let's go, dude. That's a couple weeks. That's awesome. How excited were you when you found out? Uh, it's it's a dream come true, you know, honestly. But like at the same time, at the age I am, I it's now or never, and I'm not I'm not competing for a practice roster spot at this point. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm fired up. I'm I want to make this team and and play in this league and show what's up. You know? Yeah, I mean, you you probably know him, but one of our boys is George Downey, who was on. Uh, oh yeah. Team Blue and was on Philly is now on the Mammoth. George, I know Georgie well. We connected for a handful of goals at that tournament. Hell yeah, he's he's one of our our boys. Um, and you know it was really cool. He was one of the first guys that came on and really gave us a great conversation. I think the episode was maybe an hour and twenty minutes or something. It was pretty wild. That's awesome. um, but it's it's cool because I don't think you really hear anyone you know past maybe twenty five in in the NHL or NFL or MLB just like giving it a shot and making a pro team, right? It's a very unique situation. Um, And it's, it's a huge commitment, right? So let's talk about that decision and and how you decided like, Hey, I want to go like do this for myself. And kind of like you said, it's now or never, this is, this is the moment I'm going to go do it. Right. So 
so you know i've been in kind of the periphery of of the league for a long time i played i played in the bow hunter cup back in 2013 10 years ago for a u.s developmental team Sweet. i was signed i was signed up for a combine in 2014 that i couldn't make because of work you know i've played in every senior league around i've played in every lax night i've I, i've always in my mind knew i could compete at the level because i've been around the guys and played against the guys you know in this or that but um but you know, life life happens. Things get in the way, and and when it came down to it, I I kind of had the mindset that I'm gonna keep balling out and whatever I can, and hopefully you know get eyes on me. And that never happened. So so uh, long long story short, like I lost not to put it down around things, but I lost my mom a couple years ago, and that really changed me a lot, and sure. uh, and kind of just fired me up to to chase it that much harder, yeah, you know. So. I uh, I had Team USA player ID camp last May where, you know, you pay 50 bucks and you go. Anyone can literally go to that. But I I had signed up to multiple camps like that before and just never been able to make the trip or said, like, fuck it, what's the what's the point? Right. But this time I was like, I'm I'm hoofing it over to Utica. Me and uh, our goalie, Brian Duncan, actually went over and uh, stayed in the RV in the arena parking lot for that <laughs> camp. And, That's sick. You know that decision to commit to go to that probably led to all of this at this point, because, you know, I balled out and got invited to us camp camp went well, lax and I went pretty well. And, you know, now I'm signed to a team. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still kind of surreal, you know, the way it's all happened really quick, but at the age I am now, like I'm, I'm ready for it. I got a couple of kids I'm leading by example to chase their dreams. So let's fucking go. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and like, that's that's a great lacrosse story. And I think the reason that I brought up George is because I think it's guys like you and George that, you know, really help you realize, like, don't give up on yourself, man. Like, it's, you know, if you really want something bad enough, as cliche as it is, and everyone will smoke up everyone's ass about following your dreams and all this stuff, like, it, if you, it's, if you, it's honestly true. It, it you is put, literally yeah. a video game. Like, right. if you just stay on it and don't, and like, people, people, I don't know. It happened to myself. You know, you, you get things in your head about yourself and you make decisions when decisions haven't been made by anyone else. You know, I started getting down on myself. I, I guess I'm not good enough. I haven't gotten a look. I just hadn't been in right in front of the right eyes. You know what I mean? Like sure. you never know. It could be one tryout, one practice, one thing that changes everything. And people don't realize like, just stay on it. There's ups and downs. Just if you want something bad enough, just keep on doing it. hundred percent. What'd you have Garrett? No, I was gonna say like I was one congratulations, but two, that's huge for the same exact reasons of you your determination to to get to this point to that highest level. And throughout your career, um, you just said really I mean you you may have like you know gotten some lulls or but you never really gave up on it. And now never I've never stopped, you know. Yeah. And lacrosse is kind of I mean, it's been my therapy as I'm sure it is for you guys and other people too, you know. So that's part of the reason I never stop when life gets hard. I need to lax, <laughs> you know, so it just is what it is. I play, I love the game and, and play the game as much as I can at the highest level I can. I always told myself I was going to do that. So. I love it. I did want to ask one question. It's kind of, it's more about the Northmen. Um, yep. What the, the name, no, the, the, the actual team, the Northmen, they have the Orangeville yep. Northmen and the main Northmen. What the, what's the right. distinction between the two and what are the similarities? Where's that? Let's have well, the, so the, so the Orangeville Northmen have been around forever. They're, you know, they're a legendary Ontario box across club. They've put 
guys at the highest level won championships at junior senior levels. They're, they're legendary. We, and honestly, I've had this conversation and, and explain this multiple times because I've gotten the question a few times through the years. And at, at, in, in all honesty, Orangeville was not a factor whatsoever in coming up with the Northmen. Um, I knew, I knew from the get go, my team was going to be black and white. That was, that was automatic, you know? So the fact that they're gray, black and white, you know, people see a connection there that had nothing to do with anything. I, I, I love black and white. I love like the blacked out look. It looks mean. You know, that's, that's been in my mind from the get go Two, I, we started toying with ideas and I, I naturally wanted to go with something with an M, you know, I was thinking menace or mayhem or, you know, something along those lines. And then I also was obsessed with the show at the time, game of Thrones, who the Northmen fight for John Stark, you know? Um, so that kind of like planted a seed in my head. And then, you know, I'm also, I'm also Scandinavian and the Viking aspect ties into that and Maine, the state of Maine. I don't know if you know this, but it's, it's, it's believed it's not proven that Vikings have touched ground in Maine and settled in Maine and stuff. So that tied into that aspect too. And then the final, you know, nail in the coffin for the decision was the fact that we were the most Northern team of anyone we were playing. So we were, we were the Northmen. It's a it's an interesting combination of things that led to that name and the team. Sure. Um, yeah. I will say team name, team name, fantastic. The uniforms, sick. I don't I know the script on the house. Yeah, I don't know who are you, are you. Did you design that yourself or like? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So so I actually messed around with those cursive vinyl letters with my high school team in year one where the noble knights so i had knights across the whole side of like our cascades and it looked sick and so this year when i was thinking about decals i just ordered one little set to try on my helmet and i was like yeah this is what we're going with yeah That's they look sick. they they look they look mean but they look they're clean at the same time um, right i love it That's fantastic your big part really of the sport is looking job. part two right so yeah exactly yeah, you're, you're good, really doing good, a great play job. good, right? It's like it's that's insane. From like running it, playing it, starting it, doing all the things. Yeah, um, I didn't know we had Swiss Army knife, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's uh, it's an obsession. <laughs> it, it's, well, it's really exciting that we've now made a connection with you because you know we're uh, going to be following your story um, and you know supporting you and and definitely you know following along with everything you have going on. We are going to that. the Rock. Uh, Wings game on December 9th. So we intend to see you there with the boys. Hopefully, I'll be dressed. Yeah. 100%. That's so, the goal. Uh, but I just know if you're going to be there, we're going to be meeting up with some of the other um, Wings guys before then, too. Um, so awesome. we'll have to make a whole weekend out of it and, and see you boys. But that's everything I had, Garrett. What do you, you yeah, got? Yeah, no, that's left? really it. Um, we're happy to see where you're, where the rest of your career goes. I mean, now you, you're, we're, we're here at the, at, we're at climbing the professional level, so and you, I know there's more you got to want to achieve, and there's more to go. So yeah, I'm not done. I'm not done. Yeah, I may be old, but the body feels good, and I got some years left in me. Oh, so yeah. there we go. All right, it's so exciting, man. Thanks so much for coming on. We always give uh, our guests just a mm -hmm. minute or two at the end to give any shout outs or advice or anything you want to say. So if you have anything you want to leave us with, by all means. Yeah, I, I would just say to the general lacrosse and box lacrosse community, just. Keep a stick in your hands, keep playing, keep following, keep loving this game because we're on the up and up. We have been for a while now, and it's amazing to see. Hell yeah. Couldn't fantastic. Better myself. 
Well, thanks, man. We really appreciate the time. Um, like like I said, we're, we're going to be following along for sure. And, and this definitely won't be the last time that we talk. So um, congratulations on really everything that you've put together from, you know, coaching in high school, putting together the the Northmen, right, now playing for Team USA in the wings. That's awesome. And, and we're excited to see where everything goes. Appreciate that, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. Bye.